Welcome back to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm Javier Lopez. Do you want to get us sued? Wait, no, I'm not. I'm not doing the actual song. I could have said... Dedo de oro. <laughs> Even worse. And uh, this week, this is it. We are kicking off a new series. <laughs> you really just want to get us, like, clapped. <laughs> we will not. No, the Broccoli family are known for being very... What do you know about the Broccoli family? Uh, they are the inventors of everyone's favorite dippable vegetable. They literally patented a vegetable. Do you really think they won't <laughs> fucking clap you right now? <laughs> what are they going to take? Half of nothing? I'm broke. <laughs> um, yes, they will find our podcast <laughs> and come clap my cheeks. Uh, and we are talking about uh, Goldfinger this week. This is the beginning of our James Bond series, so... To those who don't know what's happening here, uh, much like the Star Wars series that we did, every other week we're going to be doing a film that we listed on our IG page. Uh, which well, is that Angel listed. Angel's the resident James Bond expert. I'm along for the ride. <laughs> and uh, we're leading up to No Time to Die, which is going to be the final Daniel Craig uh, James Bond film. Oh, I thought it was going to be the final film. I'm like, don't they have like 60 books and... <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, at this point, they have adapted practically all of the novels. Oh, sweet. So pretty soon it's going to be remakes of Moonraker and Thunderball. And <laughs> well, essentially what happened is uh, a lot of the titles to the James Bond films are uh, titles of the of the even Ian Fleming books, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the last one that they used was Quantum of Solace. So Wait, that was an actual book title? Yeah. That was, it was like a the short, stupidest name. It was a short story. It was a short story in the James Bond. Uh, like, I think a lot of them are like, they're, they're not like particularly long novels, uh, but I think the only title that they haven't used right now, I think there's one called 007 in New York. Wow. Ian <laughs> Fleming really, uh, <laughs> he really phoned it in by that one, huh? <laughs> Um, there's probably, that's like James Bond does Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't and are not familiar with the James Bond franchise, uh, to be totally honest, until I was an adult, I wasn't really familiar with a lot of these films. Uh, they were much like when we talked about the Star Wars series and how a lot of them ended up on Spike TV, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the old channel that was supposedly the channel for men. Yeah, big rippling sweaty men. I mean, <laughs> so I'm not homoerotic because of that now. <laughs> And uh, what they would show all the time is either Star Wars, reruns of the show Mansers, Bar Rescue, or or uh, James Bond. Remember, sorry for the tangent, but remember they used to like show A Thousand Ways to Die all the time? <laughs> yeah. And then when they weren't doing that, they would, yeah, like you said, when they were doing all that, they would show James Bond movies, but specifically for some reason... Sean Connery and Roger Moore movies, maybe because there was so many of those as opposed to the, uh, like, you know, Timothy, like, we were talking about it earlier, like, Timothy Dalton was only in two, Pierce Brosnan was in, like, five, no, four. Yeah. And then Daniel Craig's, like, been in, or he's going to be in five. So I guess that's the one you have the most to pick from. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, so, this film, uh, really the original James Bond film that came out was Dr. No. Uh, the film that we're reviewing this week is the third film in the James Bond canon. Uh, and the reason why we picked this one is, in our series, we decided to do what is considered one of the better James Bond films by this Bond, and what is generally considered to be the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we kind of wanted to balance out, you know, our reviews. And <laughs> and sometimes we pick one, and Avi's <laughs> not really sure which one it's supposed to be. <laughs> Um, this one is the third film in Sean Connery's Bond canon, but it, it, funny enough, it's the one that finally starts to develop the James Bond formula. Yeah. The Aston Martin shows up in this one. You get Odd Job, which everyone will remember is the James Bond henchman that like throws his hat like a frisbee that kills people. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Um... The villain is Goldfinger, who, like, you know, this is where we started getting the eclectic villains. Are totally not a stand-in for, you know, German war criminals. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all of these guys were either Germans, Soviets, uh, and... 
<laughs> and Austrians, I guess. It was really, I mean, it really plays on... It, that's how dated these movies are, is it oh, really plays let's on... Let's be clear, because we're going to get into this film. Like, their opinions of Americans are just as, like, broad stereotype as this. I know, people try to hate on Americans that we have no <laughs> fucking understanding what goes on in the rest of the world. Fuck y'all, right? <laughs> I like how their depiction of Fort Knox, like, in Kentucky, is literally just them drinking mint juleps and going to KFC. Yeah, fucking Colonel Sanders just <laughs> fucking, oh, hi there, how was you doing? <laughs> anyway, my experience with this movie is, uh, I watched it as an adult, obviously, on television, and, uh... I, I think I got into the groove of watching a ton of these James Bond movies as I was... Or let me ask you this then. What was your experience? What, who was your first James Bond? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Which one? Uh, it was GoldenEye. Ooh, video game or movie? Both. <laughs> <laughs> so actually I played the video game before I watched the movie. Uh, but yeah, Pierce Brosnan was the Bond I was introduced to for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then from then, like, I don't know, did it pique your interest to keep looking for James Bond movies, or did you just... No. The only time I really started digging for the different interpretations of Bond was when they were finally doing Casino Royale in the mid-aughts. Oh, uh, okay. And then when that's when they were talking about, you know, Daniel Craig. And to me, it's so funny because I so thought of Pierce Brosnan as James Bond, not just because he did Goldeneye and the video game, but because, uh, you know, those, like, PS2 video games mm-hmm. that came out in the mid-aughts, right? And that whole era of Nightfire yeah. and Agent Under Agent Fire. Under Fire. Yeah. Like, he just felt like so James Bond that the first time I heard of Daniel Craig, uh, it was like in a, it was in a film magazine, and it was like the first like promotional still of him as James Bond with the black tuxedo and mm-hmm. the gun, and I was just like, wow, it looks really weird to see somebody else in this. And um, I remember talking about it with the with the with the teacher of mine, and uh, they told me that to them, uh, Sean Connery was James Bond because you know it was a more famous interpretation from the time that they were growing up. And the funny thing about this character in general is this is one of the few movie franchises where your main character can be played by all these different actors. And you know what? I mean, to an extent. The same thing happens now with Spider-Man and Batman, right? Every couple years, these movies are all going to get rebooted, and there's going to be a Batman for every generation. And a what's really interesting, I guess, what's different about this franchise is that it doesn't reboot itself. It just continues a quote, not real linear story. It's still episodic, mm-hmm. but it is like sequels, and sometimes you will feel like there are distant. You know, uh, references to stuff in other movies. And you know what's really cool about it is this isn't the only piece of media that does that. I'm going to fucking show off again my my weeb sensibilities, but I talked about it on the show before. Uh, Bizarre Adventures of JoJo follows a family line as they have to deal with all their crazy adventures. The Phantom, if you remember the pulp comic turned shitty movie back in 94, that originally, the, the movie plot for that was, the idea was Phantom, there's supposed to be a Phantom during every, like, decade, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea was if you're going to make a Phantom franchise, you were going to have a different Phantom every couple decades, so you could have one Phantom that's a gangster movie, one that's a pirate movie, one that's, like, you know, gritty, like, war movie, so that's what was really cool about that, and I feel with James Bond, that was always one of the things with with all the different types of actors, right? It really played into this idea that James Bond wasn't a singular person, but it was, like, the idea... Yes, and so many but, folks. Could but it's be not James Bond. Yes, but I also don't want it to get it, it, James Bond isn't a persona; it is a character. I think, but it, but it is one of those weird things where this character lends itself to so many different interpretations. The Joker is kind of like that right now, right? Where you've had like all these different actors that are taking their shot at playing Joker, mm-hmm. but everyone does it in their own way, and the style in which they do it is different. Mm-hmm. That's probably more accurate in terms of. You know, something like this is there are the basics of James Bond. There's the car, there's the gun, the uh, girls, the girls. You always got to have a Bond girl. Everything has a formula, but at the same time, a lot of these actors, as you'll see, uh, they all they all leave their own imprint on the character. Mm-hmm. And the, and like you were saying, 
It's really interesting how one character can shape, what, fucking 60 years worth of people? Because, like, you and I grew up with Pierce Brosnan, but like you said, your teacher grew up with uh, Sean Connery. I have a nephew who's about 14 years old now, but the only James Bond he would have ever known is Daniel Craig, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of Gen Xers who have a lot of who have a lot of love for Roger Moore, right? My favorite one is Timothy Dalton because he's in Doom Patrol. <laughs> well, yeah, Jim, Timothy Dalton is someone who uh, is almost famous because he he was James Bond for such little time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and his movies are so '80s James Bond. <laughs> they are, um, especially once we get to License to Kill, which I can't. Again, this is going to be fun for me because I've seen a good chunk of the movies in this franchise that we're going through. The only ones that I can't really remember at all are the Roger Moore films. Because they all feel like they bleed into one super <laughs> movie. <laughs> but I do really like the fact that we're going to kind of go through this together and rehash our memory, kind of like what we did with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll give us a good primer for you know coming to James Bond 25, which is what this is. Yeah. Um, there, what I like about, again, one of the other things I like about this film is that one of the things that it establishes in terms of the formula uh, is the theme song. Yeah. So the original uh, Doctor No, <laughs> you know the song that almost got our podcast shut down and sued. <laughs> the original Doctor No film uses like a Caribbean version of Three Blind Mice during its opening credit sequence, so it's very different. Um, the second one has like a generic James Bond theme for the opening credits, and then for the closing credits is when it like actually has the from russia with love song which is great i love the song from that film yes i remember that song from russia don't do this stop doing this i wish that wasn't even the sprite song (laughs) no that is it really yes holy shit i totally guessed no literally a lot of the songs from they're very simple they're simple and they're and they're famous yeah you know like Live and Let Die is famous too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, which, t- which most people know Live and Let Die before they even like. Yeah, I thought it was just a Paul McCartney song that he made because he felt like it. Or like the Living Daylights, right? Once yeah. we get to the Living Daylights, like a lot of people don't realize that that is from that James Bond film. I know. <laughs> and then uh, what's it called? Today, actually, you know, just we broke the news on our on the IG page that Billie Eilish is gonna do the. The one for No Time to Die. So that's going to be really interesting. Right. So as the franchise goes on, they kind of pick people that are... Oh, Chris Cornell is my favorite, baby. Yeah, they pick people that are, if not of the moment, they famous at least around that time. Um, Remember the Die Another Day one with Madonna? Yeah, Mad- Madonna was, with Auto Tune. That one was trash. <laughs> I love that, that one was bad. Oh, you should love the fuck that song. Up. I don't love the movie, but I love the song. I hate both the movie and that song. All right, well, let's save that for the Die Another Day podcast. Mm. Oh wait, wait, really? Is that on the list? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I also looked at the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this film's theme song is Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey. No. Gold. And one of the things that I love about it is that it's very loud and brassy. <laughs> And it really, okay, so if you watch The Simpsons and you've seen the episode where Homer becomes Max Power. So wait, can I do the Max Power song? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> because that's from The Simpsons. But if, you, but if you do watch that Simpsons episode with Homer Simpson singing the Max Power song, he's essentially singing the tune of Goldfinger. It's just changing it the lyrics for Max Power. <laughs> I'm so mad that we had to describe this because you're so afraid of us getting sued. <laughs> you know what? Don't worry, guys. I will show this off later. <laughs> I will go to all your houses individually and show you. <laughs> anyway, this film starts with, I guess... So it's uh, James Bond out in Latin America. <laughs> yes, it is a... This is a unknown Latin American country. It's a country that is run by a militarized dictator who runs drugs. We don't know which. Yeah. We just know it's Latin. Um, it, so one of the things about this film is if you watch it from Russia with love, it is more or less a straightforward kind of... Communism is bad movie. It's just it's it's, it's a well, more straight, KGB is bad. It's a more straightforward like thriller kind of uh, 
you know, if you watch North by Northwest by uh, Alfred Hitchcock, it's actually very similar to uh, From Russia with Love. Mm-hmm. You know, like James Bond is not afraid to take what's popular at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the things. So the first one kind of felt like a Hitchcock thriller. Though the second one felt more like a Hitchcock thriller. And this one was really kind of where they started, not jumping the shark, but it starts really getting... Really? This is the one where they don't jump the shark? It gets pretty ridiculous really quickly. Like, it just becomes a lot more cartoonish and, and campy, which is... I love that about this movie. It starts with James Bond coming out of the ocean, which he's wearing, like, the wetsuit with the duck on top. <laughs> and as soon as he gets out and he takes the wetsuit off, he's wearing a tuxedo right under it's it. It's very Man from Uncle. Like, that's what it reminds me of. Um, and once, I guess, once he's in his, once he's, like, blown up this strange, what is this, like, a factory? So, what it's supposed, to, yeah, it's supposed to be a drug factory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, this movie was written by people that understand drugs. This is... Welcome to my factory where we make drugs. It reminds me of The Simpsons, the McBain, where he was like, We have mega crack. <laughs> just as ex- was it just as addictive as crack, heroin, and weed. <laughs> but yeah, so they blow up this generic drug lab in Latin America. And James Bond uh, immediately... You know, after exploding this lab, he makes, he goes to his local bar where everyone clears out, and he finds this fine, saucy Latino woman who he's about to do the no pants dance with. Which, is she really Latin, but okay. fucking know. <laughs> this is literally like, you know, how it is now, where they get like, racially ambiguous actors to play like, racially ambiguous looking white actors to play Latin people. Or sometimes racially ambiguous people of color to play every person of color. That's how Jessica Alba made a living through the odds. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the funny part about this is right as he's about to, like, make sweet, sweet love to this woman, that's where he sees an assassin that is coming to kill him in the eyes of his lover. So I love how you he... can stare into the eyeballs of someone and literally see the reflection behind them like it's a mirror. But this movie hasn't jumped the shark yet. No. <laughs> it has not, guys. And then, um, it, you know, it's one of the most poorly choreographed fight scenes I've seen in a long time. Very reminiscent of Kirk fighting the lizard person in Star Trek. Everyone's seen that video. I don't give a shit if you're not a Star Trek fan. Everyone's had to have seen it at one point. But you know what? Like, it, it, it fits because it's 60s campy action. It fits if you've watched Austin Powers. It fits if you watched <laughs> fucking Batman 66, you know? Like, yeah. it's To me, it's nothing new because of that weekend you forced me to watch Batman 66 with you. It feels like mod like TV. It mod does, TV. It yeah. feels like very streets of San Francisco, like, you know, this crazy, like, 60s detective show. Everyone's just throwing haymakers <laughs> and two-fisted action. Uh, this guy gets murdered when he's thrown in into a tub and James Bond like what drops like a heater or something he throws like an electric heater at him (laughs) to which he once the guy dies he says shocking positively shocking (laughs) you murdered a man James this isn't a time for jokes you asshole he has a license to kill so he can literally murder whoever he wants okay so here's what I don't get that's a conceit of this franchise that you need to get over like so killed the shit out of he can literally go to any country he wants This white guy can go to any country he wants and just shoot people with impunity. Why does this surprise you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sad. I didn't know we were watching a documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Once he does kill this person... That's when it, we kick into the opening credits, the Goldfinger credits. That I'm not going to sing. With the awesome Shirley Bassey song. It's got the naked girls painted in gold <laughs> through the credits. So it's, it's so weird. It is what you picture when you think of a James Bond film. It's exactly the thing that you picture. Yeah. Uh, once the credits are over, you cut to Miami Beach. Which, funny enough... Because after murdering people, we all need a vacation. <laughs> uh, 
so in Miami Beach, which I guess leads you to believe that it could have been Cuba that he was in. We don't not talk about Cuba. <laughs> Especially since this movie, you know, Soviets tend to be the bad guys, and there was communist Cuba at this time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, now that I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably Cuba. <laughs> it was probably Cuba. And so, the funny thing about him in Miami Beach is it feels like he's it feels like he's in front of rear projection. Oh my god, yes! I'm so glad you mentioned that. It does not feel like a real set where he's It does at. not feel like I'm watching a movie. It feels like I'm watching a TV show. Like. Which is funny enough, if you watch Pulp Fiction, I think Tarantino kind of... He kind of digs at this a little he bit. He does, definitely. Because uh, when people are driving in Pulp Fiction, much like in this film, there's projections in the background that they're oh, looking at. They are not on set in some of these scenes. Um, here, this is where James Bond sees Felix Leiter. Yes. Who, Felix Leiter is his American associate. Is he a... No, I don't think he's, an, uh, he's a recurring character because I'm pretty sure Leiter dies. <laughs> Well, he's a reoccurring character in several Bond films. Oh, okay, cool. So I was wrong. Um, and more, most recently, he appears in the Daniel Craig movies played by Jeffrey Wright. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is a character. The, the characters of Bond um, that you will recognize more than anything are Felix Leiter, uh, M., who is mm-hmm. his? Who is his secret agent boss? Yeah, and the guy who always has to admonish him for not playing by the rules. Yeah, your brass. <laughs> oh, your your daft twat. I don't know. I don't know what British people say to each other. What the fuck accent okay. is that? that? Was I don't know. It, I was trying to go British. You realize he's British secret agent, right? Oh, oi, governor. <laughs> What's that man? <laughs> no, I'd like to think he's fucking cockney, like. Just sour soccer hooligan. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate. I fucking hate Manchester United. <laughs> uh, there's Miss Moneypenny. Moneypenny. Played by the wonderful Lois Maxwell. Who, one of the things that you need to know about Moneypenny is that she and Bond have a really playful, flirtatious relationship where they seem like they genuinely care about each other in a very affectionate and possibly romantic way. Mm-hmm. But Muddy Penny is the one woman that Bond never hooks up with. Yeah, because he doesn't want to give her his rampant syphilis. <laughs> He's She's essentially his uh, his work wife. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he's meeting with Felix in Miami Beach, and that is where he uh, is introduced to... well. Is discovers the presence of Ari Goldfinger, who mm-hmm. is going to be the villain of this film. I'm really mad that his name is actually Goldfinger. Yes, like I thought, I thought that was like a code name or a nickname no. they gave him. You're when I found about- out that was his last name, I'm like, this movie's so dumb. This is so stupid. You have Goldfinger, Oddjob is his henchman. Yeah, so you know what that implies? Pussy galore. That is, implies all those people were actually born as Oddjob. <laughs> and there, someone named Galore named their daughter Pussy. Yeah, wouldn't you? <laughs> if your last name was Galore, wouldn't Pussy be the first thing you'd think about? Now, yes! <laughs> this would be the first thing I'd think about. <laughs> So, James um, is instructed to... I don't know if he's still instructed. He was really instructed, but he pretty much keeps an eye on uh, Auric Goldfinger. Mm -hmm. And he finds out that he's actually cheating at a game of gin rummy. Because he's playing... And, you know, I didn't know gin rummy could be played for tens of thousands of dollars. But he ends up sneaking his way up to Goldfinger's room where he finds the sensual Jill Masterson. Oh, mind you, before all of this, I forgot. This is the moment when I had to text you and ask you if this is the good Sean Connery movie (laughs) or the bad Sean Connery movie. Because when, what's his name, the CIA dude? Um, Felix. Felix. When Felix comes over to talk to Which Felix Leiter, I love that name too. Another yeah, another A plus name. That is a very good name. <laughs> but as Felix comes over to talk to James, James is sitting there with another chick he was banging. To which he responds, "Hey, toots, get out." One, well, I can't paraphrasing, but he's like, "Get out of here, sweetheart." 
this is man talk. And then just proceeds to just <laughs> slap her ass as she walks off camera. I like how good Chucky this movie is just going to be us trying to flex a Sean Connery impression. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to try. We're going to be talking about Roger Moore and we're still going to be doing Sean Connery impression. It's the only other memorable one. I mean, who else has a cool accent? But yeah, he just smacks her ass and I'm like, wait, wait, pause. Is Angel fucking with me right now? Did he really think this is the good one? Look, it, okay. Yes, yeah, a different time. Well, yeah, besides the fact that it's a different time, is it the best one? No. From Russia with Love is the best one by a mile. But is it the one where if you want to introduce somebody who's never seen a James Bond film to it, this is the one you introduce them to? That's true. <laughs> it's Like you said, this hits all those notes that we understand to be all James Bond movies. Um, so pretty much from there on, um, James sneaks his way up to Goldfinger's room, and he finds uh, Jill Masterson helping him cheat, and he <laughs> confronts her in a very weird, like, kind of like overtly, aggressively sexual yes. way, and he ends up forced... He's highly aggressively sexual. So he... Oh, really? <laughs> You're telling me Sean Connery is highly aggressively <laughs> sexual. So he ends up... Like, cutting communication off and pretty much forcing uh, forcing Goldfinger to lose a shit ton of money to this guy. In a card game. In yes. a card game. So, right after, he goes to square away his debts with this guy, to which Sean Connery, I'm sorry, James Bond responds, Oh, well, that'll take your boss a long time. We have some time to kill. <laughs> and then, you know, takes her downtown to the bones. <laughs> yeah, which, funny enough, this is another thing that's... Uh, that's prevalent in James Bond movies. Typically, there's two Bond girls. Is Jill Masterson the first Bond girl? Yes. Because one of the themes with the Bond girls is one of them dies. The first one that, that you'll see in a Bond movie that he sleeps with, that woman is always destined to be killed. It is part of the James Bond formula. Is that why it was such a big deal when Halle Berry didn't die? Yes. Oh, I'm learning so much about these movies. <laughs> So, when he wakes up, he was like, you know what's great after sex? Champagne. <laughs> so, as he makes his way over to go get champagne from the fridge, he gets knocked out by an unseen, very short assailant. <laughs> and then, uh, when he does come to, he finds that Jill Masterson was killed because she was painted gold so hard, her <laughs> body couldn't take it, and she died. <laughs> And I shit you not, that is, I'm not saying that as a joke. <laughs> when James Bond goes back to MI6, he was like, yeah, she was killed because they painted her all over her body. And, like, her skin couldn't breathe, so she died. <laughs> Which, let's be clear, it does not work like that. I really hope it doesn't work like that. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, clowns and the blue man group would all be pretty fucked by now. <laughs> no, there's just constant clones in the blue man group. <laughs> but, you know, this is a very classic megalomaniac James Bond supervillain plot to where it is just so fancy that it's funny because when I first watched this movie as an adult, I... I, I I think I watched it once with my wife when we were still just dating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just like told her, I was like, did you like dip her in gold? Yeah, it, it raises so many questions. Did they like spray paint her? Oh, and the oh the condition is called skin suffocation. Oh yeah. It gets a totally real thing that actually happens in real life. It gets so stupid once you start trying to like <laughs> once you start trying to like de uh, debunk these things. But yeah, I'd like to think what they did is that they had molten gold in the bathtub and they just threw her <laughs> ass in there. <laughs> it's it's stupid. Anyway, he ends up going back to MI6 and he's given the mission to take down Goldfinger because Goldfinger has the plot to steal, or no, he smuggles gold billion, bullion? Is that how you pronounce that? I don't know. Internationally. And they think he has, he's stolen like Nazi gold. Mm-hmm. And pretty much they want him to, they want. James to stop him from stealing more gold. 
So it's like, okay, he's Interpol now? <laughs> like, that's what I would think. But you know what? No, I don't let logic get in the way of telling a good story. That's what I say. So this is where we get to see the cool, you know, like you said, it's a staple in all um, James Bond movies. We get to see the cool gadgets. Yes. So I'll let you take it over from here because I know you love this part. Well, the Aston Martin, right? The, the Aston Martin. Yeah. yeah, the Aston Martin. And I'm not really a car guy, but, you know, I love the Aston Martin DB5 because it is just, it's something that follows him in all the films in the franchise, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the most famous things about the Aston Martin DB5 that is introduced in this movie is that it has the ejecting passenger seat. <laughs> Eject those cuz comes from this movie. You, uh, too fast, too furious can thank this film for its for one of its most famous gags. We just drew a parallel between <laughs> James Bond and the Fast and the Furious. Oh come on, this is not the biggest leap of oh, no, you right. ever made. You're right. I just made a stupid one last week. I forgot what it was though. <laughs> but yeah, we got to see that. We got to see. Uh, What's it called? The the, the weird uh, echolocation. But yeah, it's, it's where you get to see... Not echolocation, sorry. Which, uh, which, the tracking thing. Which, let's got. be clear. I mean, the gadgets, the in terms of the car and more of the outlandish gadgets, sure, is in this one. But they do introduce they, they do introduce the first gadget in From Russia With Love. Mm-hmm. So this just kind of continues it and makes it bigger. It's like, yeah, well, here you go. First you have the suitcase... Gadget, and now this time we're gonna give you a whole car. Yep, and this time the car has like it's bulletproof, it has the ejector seat, it has like oil slick, it can throw cow traps. <laughs> like, it's so cool. It's basically the Batmobile yeah. before the Batmobile, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Because even when he's getting shot at, it's not like the bullets can get through. Again, it's like when you're playing, like, you know, it's like when you're playing with toy cars and and you're, like, being chased by someone else's car. And the moment they're getting close to catching you, that's when you start making up new powers for your car. It's like he's, it, it, it's like, uh, what's it called? Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> so, he has to go to somewhere in, like, England. Somewhere in South England. So, he yes. can play golf. With Goldfinger. With Goldfinger. <laughs> a lot of this is really just like Goldfinger and Bond like having a dick measuring contest every and time I'm they like, see each other. Why? This is where I got confused. I'm like, why don't you guys just kill each other? <laughs> like you both could have Again, just murdered each another other. Another right thing now. that like movies like Austin Powers or any kind of spy like parody will do. Part of why they parody the stuff of this film is because James Bond hangs around way too long for somebody who should want to kill him right away. Like, it's really stupid. They have this entire game, and they have this subplot going on where James is trying to prove Goldfinger is cheating. It's like, of course he's fucking cheating, you idiot! He's the villain! Just just shoot him! Just shoot him in the face! And it was really infuriating. It was infuriating that this movie took... Two hours when it could have been done in the first, like, 30 minutes. But what I do like is that the fact that they introduced that odd job, Goldfinger's <laughs> bodyguard, <laughs> actually has a hat that he can throw like a frisbee that's apparently heavy enough to, like, kill you if it hits you. You know what my favorite part is? <laughs> when he's trying, when Goldfinger's flexing odd job, and he throws the hat to decapitate the statue, and, like, the head falls off. And then James is supposed to be intimidated. <laughs> There's nothing less intimidating than having to see Odd Jump go pick up his stupid fucking hat. No, every time I the problem is because I've seen Austin Powers so much in the nineties, is that every time I see Odd Jump, I just think, who throws a shoe? Who throws a Honestly? shoe? <laughs> and he just gets super mad about that. <laughs> but it was just so stupid. Like it, it's so. <laughs> Don't you dare talk about his intimidating Korean bodyguard like this. The weapon of choice is the most idiotic... Ooh, I almost said an ableist word. Is it the most idiotic thing I've ever heard? Yeah. I mean, but that's, that is Bond. That is, like, that is campy Bond. It's so stupid I'm getting an aneurysm. <laughs> oh, my God. So, after this... St- oh, yeah, it's a steel rim derby. 
<laughs> Which to me, all I can think about is like, God, wouldn't his like neck just cave under all the weight of his hat? But okay, whatever. <laughs> but he's strong enough to throw it, and that's the point. <laughs> anyway, so instead oh, of killing him, oh, I'm sorry. Go interesting ahead. fact about this actor: this actor is not actually Korean. He's Samoan, <laughs> and uh, because <laughs> and, and oh, I just get one of them. One of they all look alike anyway. <laughs> well, he's a professional wrestler, hey. and uh, he's. He's famously, he's actually part of the NOI wrestling family, which is the family that like wrestlers like Rikishi and The Rock and uh, the Wild Samoans and Yokozuna. Like, they were all part of that wrestling dynasty. And now Roman Reigns, for those Roman Reigns fans out there. We see all three of you. <laughs> and to a bunch of 12 year olds. <laughs> so, of course, instead of murdering. Uh, instead of murdering Goldfinger there in the open on his home country soil, where it totally would have been legal and easy to do, uh, James lets Goldfinger go to his stupid Swiss, like, evil lair. <laughs> A compound that's fortified and has hundreds, apparently, of Asian guards. Because apparently, you know, Asian people are scary and bad during this time. Yes. And uh, there's no explanation why this... Like, Austrian Nazi war criminal is teamed up with a bunch of Asian militias? You know what? The only person who would question this kind of logic in a film is a fucking communist. Yeah. Are you a fucking <laughs> communist? I guess I fucking am, comrade. <laughs> so anyway, instead of killing him right away in his homeland, he ends up having to fucking try to assassinate him in Switzerland, so... He tries to <laughs> needlessly complicated ways to try to kill someone in which you basically delay killing someone. And so when he goes to confront him and try to assassinate him in Switzerland, he actually gets attacked by a mystery woman named Tilly. And then he finds out that she has a, uh, or you know, she's going by her, uh, what's it called? Her initials TM. And he later finds out it stands for Tilly Masterson. Yes. And she's actually Jill Masterson's sister, who, you know, he boned and then died. Yeah. And who was painted order. gold, and her skin suffocated, and she died. Yep. So. <laughs> Which is a thing that totally can happen to people uh, yeah, in real no, life. Don't forget, guys, that will happen to all of us eventually. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jill goes, so for some reason, not Jill, sorry, Tilly goes to Switzerland because this completely not, like, Secret agent girl knows how to track worldwide supervillains. Yeah, why not? And then, you know, she fucks up James's assassination attempt, which then leads to a car chase where he's chased by Goldfinger's goons and gets captured. And instead of killed right away, <laughs> Goldfinger's goons like, hey, let's take him back to the lair. <laughs> So we could shoot him with the gold laser. <laughs> Basically, so I can shoot a gold laser that runs up until it hits his crotch and kills him. This is the most fucking infuriating <laughs> fucking plots to kill people ever. I fucking... I'm used to watching movies like fucking John Wick where you sneeze and like four people are dead. <laughs> and it takes for fucking ever for anyone to die in this movie. <laughs> but this, this scene does actually give you one of the most famous scenes in the James Bond canon. Which is which is where uh, Sean Connery is strapped onto this. Uh, oh, onto I thought you meant the... where the laser is. You know where that laser is slowly going up until it shoots him in the nards, and that's when uh, you know he asks Goldfinger if he expects him to talk, and that's when Goldfinger responds with, "No, Mister Bond, I expect you to die," which is just again. Everything that you think of when you picture a James Bond movie is in this film. That's why we're starting this franchise like review with this movie. Oh my god. But, because the villains in this movie are stupid, <laughs> <laughs> James Bond can, he convinces Goldfinger that MI6 is aware of his plot, which is called Operation Grand Slam. <laughs> because we're going to go to Yankee America and they love their baseball, brother. And their Denny's breakfast. <laughs> 
And, and apparently his words were enough to convince Goldfinger that he does in fact know about Operation Grand Slam. So they decide to delay murdering him and take him somewhere else. So it's like if... <laughs> Why didn't you just kill him anyway? Because the whole plot is you then later take him to Fort Knox to try to kill him there. <laughs> oh, and it turns out Ajab does kill... <laughs> Tilly Masterson by throwing a stupid fucking hat at her. <laughs> and apparently throws it so hard it fucking like snaps her neck or it caves her skull in. Kills the shit out of her with that hat. <laughs> and then the best part is again he has to fucking walk over and pick up his stupid hat. <laughs> I fucking hate this movie already. <laughs> Oh, God, so this is where we get introduced to Pussy Galore and her flying circus. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yes, yes, that is right. The, the second Bond, the second, even though there's three in this movie, but the quote-unquote second Bond girl that is going to stick around till the end is Pussy Galore. Yep. And for those who are thinking, oh, is Pussy Galore also an octopusy? No. Octopussy is an octopussy. <laughs> that is a completely different character, y'all. <laughs> so, so which, Pussy oh Galore God. is a pilot and a mercenary, apparently. She can do it all. And she has, like, an army of, like, Wonderbra-wearing mercenary pilots that, like, assist her as well. Whom show up for one scene, then you never see them again. <laughs> the rest of the fucking movie. So... They end up. The bad guys end up putting um, James inside of a inside of a cell. He manages to break out and he sneaks around and he finds. He ends up finding his way up to where Goldfinger is talking to a bunch of American mafioso types, mm-hmm. which I'm not really sure why he brought them. I guess he hired them as goons, or he hired them. To bring the laser? I don't fucking know. They're just there. So he ends up bringing him over. And the, and he's able to eavesdrop and finds out that Operation Grand Slam is a <laughs> a plan to... We're going to cr- giggle every time we say the name of that plot. I'm going to fucking giggle every time I talk about how stupid this plan is. <laughs> so the plot is they're going to have Pussy Galore and her... In her flying circus, fly over Louisville, Kentucky, and gas the entire city with nerve toxin that's going to make everyone go to sleep. And while everyone's asleep, they're going to break in using this giant fuck-off laser. (laughs) And they're going to melt the front door of the fucking Federal Reserve. Oh no, Fort Knox, sorry. They're going to break into Fort Knox and steal a shit ton of gold. Yeah, bitch. (laughs) Duh, that's all Kentucky is. It's people eating KFC, drinking mint juleps, and uh, going to Fort Knox. (laughs) Welcome to Fort Knox, home of Kentucky. (laughs) And then we find out that the plan isn't actually to steal the gold. It gets somehow more stupid (laughs) that they find out that there's actually a bomb. And they're going to have it go off inside of the Fort Knox. And it's going to irradiate the gold so that it loses its value. Throwing America into financial ruin. (laughs) And having to force them to rely on Goldfinger because he'll be the only man with gold in the world. Fuck your biological weapons plot. (laughs) Stupid ass. (laughs) It's called economic warfare, bitch. As if this movie could get more stupid. <laughs> they somehow fucking find ways to be like, hold my beer, bitch. You better stop insulting my franchise. I will insult this until I fucking get cancer, because that's what this I'm getting right now. Uh, so anyway, the plan uh, gets essentially, not, you know, it starts, right? So this is when Pussy Galore flies around with her sheep pilots. To, and they start They're just pilots, by the way. Mm, not in the 60s. <laughs> in the, in the 60s, 60s, they're sheep pilots. In the 60s, they're Wonder Bro wearing sheep pilots. 
<laughs> because it surprises me when a woman can do the same thing a man can do. <laughs> so he ends up... Well, well, unbeknownst to Goldfinger, James Bond was actually able to convince Pussy Galore to betray Goldfinger and fill her her planes instead with the nerve toxin with actual, uh, what's it called, just like regular gas. Mm-hmm. So that way they can convince the Americans to, oh, and tip off the Americans of the assault so that way they can come help him at Fort Knox, right? So they begin the assault on Fort Knox, uh, pretending to be the American military, and then um, they end up like using the giant fucking laser <laughs> to cut through the door. They break into Fort Knox, and then they manage to put the bomb. They put the bomb. They handcuff James Bond to the bomb. James Bomb. Leave, <laughs> leave him in the vault again. Not shooting him. <laughs> yes. So we're gonna capture him so we can kill him later. So MI6 quote unquote knows about the plan. Yeah. They don't kill him. No. Only so that they can go through with the plan and then kill him in the middle of the plan. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> by locking him with the bomb instead of just shooting him. And <laughs> Don't give me that stupid look. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> anyway, so they end up locking uh, James Bond with the bomb, and but the Americans uh, attack the. They start attacking uh, Fort Knox and start fighting off uh, Goldfinger and his men. And in order to ensure they don't get to the bomb, they actually lock the vault. And while one of the soldiers that, or one of one of Goldfinger's men gets pissed off and tries to run away, Oddjob ends up killing him by throwing him <laughs> off like, fucking, how big is this vault? It's like three fucking stories. Yeah, it's like, it's pretty much like the inside of a nuclear he ends up like fucking, plant. He throws him down the fucking third floor, from the third floor, and James Bond manages to grab the keys, all which starts this like race. It starts this race for the fucking keys, and Oddjob's like running down as fast as his short, stubby little legs will carry him. <laughs> and finally, to you, like angrily proclaimed, why does he just throw his head? Which, once he gets down far enough of the stairs, he finally does throw his head. And he misses! Your whole gimmick is you have a fucking hat you're supposed to throw! How do you miss? <laughs> That's hard. He just fucking stands there like a dickless incompetent. And then he has to run over and pick up his fucking hat again. It's like, just kill James Bond. So they end up, he finally, James Bond ends up breaking out of the, or breaking away from the bomb and he gets into this fight where we barely find out Oddjob is super strong and invulnerable. (laughs) So it's like, again, all you had to do was walk down there and fucking just pummel him until he was goo. But instead, you had to throw your fucking hat like a goddamn moron. (laughs) So... (laughs) James Bond manages to get the better of him, uses some electrical wiring to shock his testicles until he burns or dies or electrocutes. <laughs> his hat is basically like when you play Call of Duty and you have a knife and you have to knife kill someone. Yeah. That's essentially what this weapon is. It's highly useless. I think I angrily proclaimed, why doesn't he just have a gun? It- <laughs> He could have just fucking shot him from the third floor and everything would have been done with. But if we're being totally honest, they could have just shot him with a gold laser and his nards and killed him too. To be completely honest, they could have killed him back in Miami because he was already knocked out. Eh, whatever. <laughs> so they end up fucking, you know, fighting. James Bond murders, uh, he ends up murdering Oddjob in cold blood. <laughs> and they're able, and finally, last minute, one of the CIA guys is able to come in and he helps. James just in the nick of time yeah they turn off the bomb and American capitalism wins again baby oh, the best part is that the bo- the dirty bomb timer stops at zero zero seven I was like fucking nerds <laughs> <laughs> so as they escape 
Um, you know, James is told he's a hero and that And that he's gonna meet the president. Oh jeez. Because he saved Fort Knox. An honor that's only allowed for astronauts and football players. Who don't want to go to the White House anymore. Don't want to go to the White House anymore. Could you imagine like saving Fort Knox and then your reward is going to see Donald Trump? And then you're like, eh, I'm good. I just become a communist instead. I know, now you're the commie, fucking Pinko. (laughs) I will tell you right now. We have better men who have a license to kill. We have the biggest licenses to kill. <laughs> I am going to kill all of your licenses. <laughs> oh my god, so... I invented the damn license. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Bernie Sanders. Oh, he can get it too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing. I invented the damn license. Oh god, so... They get on the plane, pussy galore is flying, of course, why not? She just, you know, had a harrowing escape. Why, instead of bringing her into custody, let's let her fly to the president? Yes, which, which, again, James Bond thinks he's going to see the president, but surprise, in comes General Goldfinger. (laughs) Oh yeah, turns out, Goldfinger was able to escape the assault on Fort Knox by pretending to be an American general... (laughs) <laughs> who kills his own fucking scientist in front of everybody. And my favorite part is he shoots him, and then he goes, Look, it's him! <laughs> That's Goldfinger! <laughs> and then as he tries to run away, he murders all the fucking soldiers in front of him. Yeah. And then when he fights James Bond on the airplane, uh, I guess Goldfinger has his golden gun, which he's like trying to shoot him with, but his stupid ass decides to shoot this <laughs> Which they kind of do like a play on this earlier when Bond is on the plane with Pussy and he tells her not to shoot a gun in an airplane. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like that urban legend of where, where like every time you talk about what's going to happen if you like shoot a gun in an airplane, how you're going to get sucked through that tiny little hole in an airplane. Have you ever like been told that before? Yeah, I've heard about that. that there's a hole in the depressurized, or that's depressurized in the cabin. It'll suck everyone out. Yeah. So it's like that's not how that works scientifically. <laughs> well, whatever. In this movie, Goldfinger <laughs> shoots the guy. You're just like, hey, shut up, nerd. <laughs> hey, shut up, you fucking geek. In this movie, Goldfinger shoots the goddamn window on the goddamn airplane, and then the goddamn cabin pressure shoots him out the goddamn window. It's like when it's like an alien resurrection when the stupid fucking alien gets caught in the hole. And it like sucks him out in jello pieces. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of when I was watching that movie, except it like cuts him in half. But we don't even get to see that, and that would have been the gnarliest part. Yeah. So the, as the plane's about to crash, James runs into the fucking pilot's cabin, and you know, Pussy Galore's like, What happened to Goldfinger? To which he responds, Oh, he's playing his golden harp. Get it? Because he's dead. Yeah, nailed it. So the two of them uh, try to bring the the plane down safely, and they realize they can't do it. They bail out unseen by anybody because the plane goes down. You think they die in the explosion. Turns out they both landed in an open field and use a parachute to cover up as they make sweet, sweet love. (laughs) To which we get another repeat of the Goldfinger theme song. We didn't even bring up... Fucking James Bond's rapey ass. Yeah, well, James Bond is problematic to say the least. Especially Sean Connery, in Sean James Connery Bond. years. Uh, he slaps women. He hits their butts. <laughs> he uh, and hitting women's butts is bad. <laughs> he basically forces himself on women in these movies. He forced himself on pussy galore. Yes. He slaps them. He throws them around. I think he said that already. Yeah, well, it bears repeating. <laughs> he gets drunk. He has barrel, you know, hairy chest. He, sh- uh, he like, shoots supervillains outside of windows. Instead of killing them back in England like he should have. <laughs> but anyway. He's not the best at his job. He's not the worst, I guess. Alright, so, Javi. Yes? <laughs> Do you like Goldfinger? <laughs> No. (laughs) I hate to sound sad, but I really don't. Like, I started thinking a lot about this movie. Like, I'm glad I watched it just because it's one of those movies if you're gonna, if you're gonna call yourself a James Bond fan, you should at least try to sit through it. (laughs) 
but there's so much like though i guess you know what there's parts i do like there's parts i don't like but for the most part i don't like i don't see myself coming back to it too often i like it enough if i'm feeling hokey and i want to watch something goofy something 60s because it's an epitome of a 60s movie <laughs> funny enough i this is gonna feel weird i would kind of liken it to exorcist too in that it's a movie that is so wild and out there <laughs> that even though you may not like it, you're definitely at least just going to be hooked on it for the entire time you're watching it because you can't believe what you're watching. Exactly. At least it's not boring. It's not, Yeah, I'll say this. <laughs> even though I don't like this movie, I can't call it a bad movie because it entertained me. And it, even if it was stupid, I can't call it boring, you know? Funny, and that's for damn sure. And funny enough, because if you watch From Russia With Love, it is a better technically made movie, but there are portions of the movie, especially when that middle section where they're on the train mm -hmm. for a long time, where it can kind of lull, like it, it goes drags into a, a bit of a lull, yeah. right? And so this movie is very different. It just flies by, and the plot just gets more ridiculous as, and you know, as if it you, goes by. And uh, like if you were to tell me to look under the context of the entirety of these like of the series of the saga that is james bond and you were to tell me that the guy that shot a dude out of an airplane <laughs> through like a pressurized cabin is the same guy that shot a uh voodoo priest <laughs> drug dealing witch doctor with a helium gun that shot him into the air and he exploded <laughs> is the same dude that parkoured his way through fucking <laughs> like some indistinct third world country city chasing a dude in like a ham-fisted awesome awesome action scene i would tell you fuck you and punch you in the face because <laughs> holy shit it, that and that's why you know like you know, I have to believe for my own sanity that none of these men are all James Bond. Spoiler alert, this is not the most ridiculous of this franchise. No, I yet. know. I know this isn't the most ridiculous. Uh, but for this next, uh, obviously, obviously because I made you watch it, you would know that I like this movie. You know, we like it more than I do. I definitely love it. I, <laughs> I, I do. I... I'm not objective. I'm a fan of this franchise. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's all of those things. But it's a movie that I like to go back to. When I'm in the mood to watch a James Bond movie, like a one-off James Bond movie, this is the one that I think about. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the one that I would show to anyone to introduce them to this franchise because it, it has all the staples that you know of the Bond franchise. Yeah, you don't want to start them off where, <clears throat> you know... That said, I keep saying, it is not my favorite one. Mm. It is not even what I consider the best of the Sean Connery Bond movies. Funny enough, I think one of one of my favorite movies in this franchise is the one we're going to talk about next week. Next, uh, our next Bond episode in two weeks. Ooh. Which is... So, the way this works is Sean Connery is starts at Dr. No and sticks around until You Only Live Twice... After that, he disappears for one movie when they do On Your Majesty's Secret Service, which is what we're doing next week, and it is the George Lazenby Bond movie. So they recasted the role of James Bond for one film only, and then the next film right after that is the one we're going to be reviewing after On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is Diamonds Are Forever. So next time, we're doing On Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's going to be a... You'll see that I think there's a lot of variance in this franchise. There's a lot of different ways to approach the same character and the same material. So that's one of the things that I find neat about this. Goldfinger, it's funny. It's goofy. It's stupid. I watch it the same way that I watch the 1960s Batman show. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you don't watch it think you're going to get quality, like, fucking <laughs> cinema. But you're going to... You want to watch some schlock that's fun. Yeah. So, uh, again, we'd like to thank everybody for joining us for this episode. Uh, it was definitely fun to talk about this. I have to admit, this is really, despite the fact that you might not have liked this movie as much as I do, I think this is one of the more fun conversations that we've had on a movie. And I honestly can't wait for us to continue to go through this James Bond movies uh, franchise. 
Again, I know that this is a much older like film franchise, and some of these movies are just going to be really far out of the ballpark for some of our regular listeners. But we really hope that you guys decide to come follow along with us on this journey, because it'll introduce you to some of the films in this franchise that you may have not seen before, and we're hoping to provide some hilarious content. Oh, we might as well say it now. How can you guys watch these movies? We lied on accident. Oh, yeah. Turns out Pluto TV used to have the James Bond channel. And they stopped in the end of December. Those pieces of shit. It's like they knew. They knew what we were doing. So if you want to follow along with us, you must rent these movies. Or, you or, know, because we do not advocate any illegal means. I definitely don't. Wink. <laughs> God, no. Fuck the broccolis. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but, like, for real, if you guys get, you know, like, we rented this one on Voodoo for, like, a dollar, you know? Yeah. Um, you can rent them on, I think, Amazon for, like, three bucks. So, they're not, luckily, they're not too expensive, and they do the normal thing, where you own the movie for 30 days until you start it, and then you got 24 hours to finish it. So. Yeah. Do your thing. Watch these how you can if you want to guys follow us along. We already know this is going to bring its own, hopefully, new fan base that wants to check us out. And if you guys uh, like what we had to say, definitely check out past episodes. You know? uh, next week. Next week we're coming back and we are going to be reviewing... Uh, it's funny. Oscar season, bitch! <laughs> yeah, we're actually going to be going back to a film that came out in October that we were talking about how we wanted to review. Joker. Yeah. Uh, the Academy Award nominations have been, you know, as of last week, I believe they got released, or this week, one of the yeah. two weeks. But uh, Joker is now officially the comic book movie with the most Oscar nominations ever. So I, we are gonna next week. We will be watching the Joaquin Phoenix uh, Joker DC reboot film. That was directed by Todd Phillips. That was supposed to be a one-off, but apparently not anymore because money. <laughs> so we hope that you guys join us for that uh, episode next. And, and like then, I said, you know, um, I, I know I hate the Oscars and I think any elitist award show is bullshit and stupid, especially when it's led by out-of-touch assholes. But if Jojo Rabbit doesn't win, I swear to God, I will mail everyone in the world dog turds. Alright, thanks for joining us for this. <laughs> or else I will steal all the gold in the planet. <laughs> and radiate it. And irradiate it. <laughs> and uh, continue to interact with us on our uh, Instagram page. And continue to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if it's possible. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Later, turds! <laughs>